afternoon everyone good evening from australia <laughs> welcome to our podcast it's absolutely lovely to be here with you today um it's quite late here in australia at the moment we've had a few technical difficulties and so i will be preface this by saying i have never made a podcast before um so my name is Alyssa, and i am joined by my lovely co-host francis um, hello, Francis. How are you this evening? I am well, Alyssa. Thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. I don't know how to introduce myself, so I'll just say I'm Francis and I'm a Wanda Maximov enthusiast. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome to House of Palestri. We are very happy to have you with us today. And I've known Alyssa for 17 years. And it has been... 17 years of wonderful friendship, 17 years of horror movies, 17 years of traveling the world, amongst many other things, but we want to thank you today for joining, because if you're one of our three listeners, we're <laughs> <laughs> so three happy that you're here. Probably all of them are in our house right now as we speak. Um, yes, look, there have been some technical difficulties. It's fine though, because, you know, it's absolutely lovely to be finally up and running. But yes, we are people, we have been friends for a very long time. What it means is sometimes we go on tangents. So we start at a certain subject and we end up somewhere completely different. And I feel like that us talking about season four of Killing Eve is only going to go the same way. So apologies if you do listen, sorry about that, but also um, this should make it slightly amusing for one to listen to I do believe I agree I would like to say the same thing and I'm really sorry if there's like a gurgling stomach sound happening because I just stuffed my face with a whole bunch of snacks before this happened and now my stomach is gurgling so just ignore that as well if that's coming through the microphone um yeah so basically we have arrived in this moment in this time in in history that I am incredibly proud of Yes. And and I think that, you know, at this moment right now, we are approaching, you know, very, very quickly season four of Killing Eve. And the trailer just dropped a, a mere, what, week ago? And I have to say, I'm, I'm not sure how I felt about the trailer because I was a little bit, like, taken off guard by Eve's new boyfriend and such. But... I, I look at it with, uh, with, with eyes of hope because, once again, a show that we love has returned <laughs> and Villanelle is singing hymns at the front of a church and I cannot be more excited about whatever that actually means. So This is going to be our religious yeah. education, Francis. This is going to be like we're going to learn from Villanelle, I'm sure of it. We're, we're yes, going to sing hymns even though I her. grew up... Grew up my whole yeah, life true. in church, but I'm going to learn the most from this. <laughs> none of us, none of us really need any religious education. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The season four trailer does seem interesting. Um, it's, I, I think, you know, they never include the scenes that you want to see in trailers. They just include enough to make you interested. And so I'm definitely interested in how it all goes. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. If it pays off, then if it's earned, then I'm fine with it. Me too. Me too, friend. Me too. Yes. So I think when we were talking before, we said we'd talk about some moments. And we said that we would talk about the game-changing moments. So these are the mm-hmm. moments where we have seen the biggest change in characters. And there's millions of them. Like, every moment is a moment. 
Wow, that was insightful. Um, but yes, Francis, I wanted to ask you. So we said we'd pick out our five most game-changing moments. Francis, would you like to yes. start with your um, with your first number five? Oh, I'm gonna get it rolling. Okay, I'm get it rolling. Okay, so one of my game-changing moments that I picked was in season two, episode seven, called "Wide Awake." Um, and this is one of my favorite episodes in Killing Eve because it's full filled with amazing character moments, but. Um, I think a game-changing moment in that episode was when Eve is being interviewed by the uh, psychiatrist or psychologist or psychopath expert, whatever, and being asked how to manage her addiction to the assassin that is Villanelle. And the expert in the MI6 is going through all the signs and reveals to her that she is already addicted and she's already stuck and she's in deep shit. And... The expert asks Eve how it makes her feel, and she says, wide awake. I just think it's a great character moment. I think that it is a essential character moment for Eve. I think that it is one of the first times that she completely opens up to somebody outside of Nico that she is a psycho. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> She's not as exactly a psycho, but, you know, that, that she has... She has uh, assassination uh, uh, prowess and tendencies... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it's it was a it was a great title for an episode. I think it was a great moment. I think it was a great delivered line, and I think Sandra O did a great job in that moment. And I think it was a game changer for our beloved Eve. I a hundred percent agree. I love that scene because, like you said, it's really the first time we see Eve be honest with herself and with her feelings, and it also makes it completely apparent that it's obvious to everyone except for Eve. Like, I feel like Eve is, like, dancing around this a little bit. Like, she's trying Mm -hmm. to play it cool, but everyone knows that she is just obsessed with this assassin, this magical person that is Villanelle. Magical. (laughs) And I really... She is. And I love it in particular how it throws back to an earlier scene in that episode. And the very same psychologist, a psychopath um, expert, is conducting like a terribly made slideshow like a powerpoint slideshow those shitty ones that you had to endure in high school mm-hmm. and all of the mi5 mi6 agents are sitting there like looking at this slideshow like oh my god i can't believe i'm here and then he accidentally well he says he accidentally puts um a crime scene picture of a man who's covered in blood and it's an awful picture and everyone except for eve looks away instinctively and then he feeds that back to Carolyn later and says she was the only one who didn't turn away. And it was very much a game changer because you realise, oh, like Eve is, I mean, we already know Eve is into this stuff. Like, remember yes. that episode when she like detailed to Nico how she wanted to die? Yes. No, how she wanted to kill him. Yes. yes. Chop him up and put him in a blender and flush him down the toilet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love a well thought out plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I really like that scene for that same uh reason good choice Francis oh thank you Alyssa appreciate it what is your choice what are, what are your game changing moments from okay Killing so Eve? my my number five game changing moment is and I've literally in capitals called this the door scene and do you remember this one the yes! door scene I have it on my list <laughs> I have it on my list I chose it too wow. yes let's talk about it right now go yeah talk about it go 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 so it's very it's very sensual it's it's Eve 
and then it's a door, and then it's Villanelle. And um, there's heavy breathing. And there's, there's heavy breathing, yes. So it's season two, episode three, The Hungry Caterpillar. Yes. And yes, I never knew that looking and touching at a door could be sexual. But anyway, so Eve is told that Villanelle is holed up in this hotel, and this is where mm-hmm. the 12 keeps their assets. So she's like, I'm going to go to the hotel. And she brought a whole bunch of agents. She's like, I'm going to like finally get this woman. Um, and... Constantine sends her to the wrong room and so they all bust in Villanelle's not in there and then all of a sudden Eve's like there's somewhere I can feel Villanelle's essence (laughs) (laughs) I know she's there the pheromones I I can smell the pheromones (laughs) yeah like what is it really I mean I would love to be able to do that but I don't know I don't I've never been able to smell someone behind a door unfortunately but um Yes, she senses Villanelle's presence. And Villanelle is on the other end, of course, breathing heavily. Mm. heavily. Can mm. Eve hear the heavy breathing, do you think? I, I like to think not. I just think that she knows that Villanelle is yeah. there. And she just feels... Yeah. But here's the thing, right? And sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. But have you ever... I don't know if this is like... I am the type of person that someone can be behind me or in front of me or beside me and you feel their presence. Like, you just know that they're there. And part of me is like, you know, it's that. But have I ever felt that through a door? And the answer is no. So my only, only conclusion is that Eve is an X-Men. Yes, Eve has magical x-men powers for sure she does. anyway but no it is one hell of a scene and it is like as yeah, there is just so much like you kind of just watching it you're like, <gasps> like you're just breathing along with them you know what i mean and um yes. i love that i love that that is a fantastic choice it was on my list thank Excellent you one thank also. you what number was it on your list it was number two on Ooh. my list so Ooh. i actually okay. thought it was quite the moment Yes. Um, oh, no, okay. it was number three. Sorry, number three. Okay, number three. so let's throw out the numbers because it's all mushed up now. But I'll just say one of my other moments that I chose was uh, Dasha crashing Villanelle's wedding. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> and first of all, can we just talk about Villanelle in her suit? It was fantastic. Stop. Hello. I... My sexual orientation is um, <laughs> Villanelle in suits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I, this is just my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Your sexual orientation. Anyway, continue. Yes, she's in a suit. She looks like a baby. Anyway, she's wearing her suit. She is just doing her little toast and she's talking about things. And then it just, I I don't know. I mean, obviously it like breaks out into a huge fight and it's like fucking hilarious and it's fantastic. What I love the most about it is that this scene in terms of like chronologically follows the final scene of season two where she's doing the whole your mind thing so what i love about killing eve is that there is so much build up to all of these moments that gives it this tremendous payoff and i remember when i first jumped into season three because i binged the series like i Alyssa um, has been watching for quite a few years i jumped in in 2021 um and I watched it all in sequence, so I just remember watching that scene and being like, wow, Villanelle is really struggling right now. (laughs) She's getting married. She's talking about her ex. I would just like to say, uh, Eve, you know, you have not gone on a single date. I mean, you kind of have, you know, when you bursted into her house twice. (laughs) 
<laughs> but like, <laughs> Villanelle, I'm sorry to tell you, she is not really your. Ex- but anyway, anyway, it's Villanelle. She can say whatever she wants. Like if she wants, she can. To, if she yeah, wants to call fine. anybody her ex, they are her ex. Yes, Villanelle, we bow at your feet. Um, so yeah, that was that is one of my game changing moments. I don't know why. Yes. I just uh, I thought that was no. Uh, it is. It is yeah. because you really see that. I mean, getting married is a rash decision. You oh, don't it just, is. It's a, I mean, first of all, it's a big, you know, it's a generally big deal, even in today's, like, society, even for Villanelle. Yes. Like, you know, you find, you have to find someone to get married to first, and I presume that the woman, even though we never saw her ever again, <laughs> the woman that she married is an intelligent woman. We know that's mm-hmm. what Villanelle is attracted to. So mm-hmm. there had to have been, it had to have been something big enough for Villanelle mm-hmm. to be like, I'm going to get married. But... Mm-hmm. It obviously is, yes, a complete pivot, a complete 180 from yes. what happened with Eve. She is trying. I don't know why I keep trying to give a psychopath feelings. <laughs> I mean, we do see her get feelings in season three. Yes. But maybe it's because I just believe in her. Mm-hmm. But, and I am just a rabid fan who's like, I believe in, in Villanelle and her humanity. But I feel like. You don't get married for no reason. You're trying to get over something. Mm-hmm. What do they say? You get over someone by getting into someone else. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. that's why I think I agree. That's why that's my long convoluted answer of why I also think that's a game changing moment. Yes. 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 What is your? Uh, give me a, give me one of your moments from your list, Alyssa. One of my moments is season three, episode seven, Beautiful Monster, which is set in Scotland and is absolutely beautifully made. And it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes just for this reason. But it's the scene where Eve steps on Dasha. Oh. And so Dasha has been knocked out by Villain Eve, Villanelle. Frozen I mean, it was, a, it was a joint, Eve, joint thing. Villanelle has a golf club and she knocks out Dasha and it's this mm-hmm. big, crazy, crazy. Everyone's like, whoa, oh my gosh. And then Eve comes by and Dasha says something about Nico and Eve just stands on top of her like a badass murdering bitch. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's the meaning behind it. It's the subtext, you know. We've seen yes. that Eve is starting to embrace that side of her throughout the season. And I think this is the first time that we kind of see her take a step to kill someone. Mm. She's obviously, like, taken chunks out of Raymond. Yes. But this is the first time. She's taken chunks. (laughs) Yes. And this is the first time she's like, I am going to step on someone. And you hear her ribs break. And it's pretty crazy. Um, also, honorary mention about that episode. I love Villanelle's golf outfit. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. She looks. She looks like like a Sesame Street character in some ways, but yeah. it is just fantastic. Costume I love department A plus. Fantastic A plus. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> what was your yeah. next one, Francis? My next choice was is sorry. Desperate Times, Season 2, Episode 4. And this is a moment that I love. Every single time that I watch it. I, look, if you know anything about me, I love the pettiness and I love the, the games. I don't, I don't like it in real life, but I like it in the show. And it's when Villanelle does her big grand kill 
And then she sees that Jess has come to investigate her kill instead of her beloved Eve. And all her fears have been realised. And she goes on a big drug bender and goes clubbing and almost kills a woman in the toilet. And then Constantine has to throw her over his shoulder and take her home. And, you know, she wakes up and looks in the mirror and just cries. And I'm like, oh, no, no. It was just... I think that in season two, that was probably the most vulnerable moment of Villanelle. Because then, like, the whole, you know, episode five thing happened where she shows up in her funeral garb and is like, you know the veil and everything look i'm very uh theatrical right now this is a, a podcast and we've it's got audio, hands. but we've got, hands. we've got hands we've got movement we've got dancing um and she shows up in her funeral garb and all that's happening but like the literal episode before episode episode before she is a mess and villanelle needs a hug and i just think that it was, it was one of the first moments where you see that vulnerability and qu- how quickly she she projects and acts like everything's fine. She's really performative and she's like, oh, oh, Eve, you know, I'm in mourning and all that. But only a mere, what, day ago, she was not feeling that way. Not in the slightest. And that, that closing scene where she's looking in the mirror and she is yes. so sad. Oh, she it's because wants- Eve Eve didn't come to look at her kill. How dare she? How dare? Like she I'm even, like she even sent Eve a postcard that she never got. Thanks, Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. She is just the ultimate. Just uh, anyway, it was it was that was one hell of a hell of a moment. Yeah, and no, that is another way that Okay, so over the end half of season two, we've got some dancing movements here. Front's on the other end, just doing a dance. Over season two and season three, they really start to delve into Villanelle's psyche and her Mm. background and, you know, what potential traumas she is bringing to the table. I don't know if that still makes her a psychopath or not. I don't know how psychopaths work. But she has emotion and she's clearly capable of love. So you can say that, right? I mean, obviously, she loves Eve, of course. Even assassins need love in their lives. Need need a cuddle. (laughs) Um, Yes, even assassins feel hungover and feel awful and get very upset, which is what that scene is. Um, Yes. Okay, well, I had to... I had this one down. I feel like I had to. Like, there was no choice. It's obviously season one, episode one, when they Mm -hmm. see each other for the first time. Oh, yes. And it's wear it down. It's those three words, wear it down. When Villanelle sees Eve and sees her hair, and Eve's trying to put it up, and Villanelle is, like, leaving the bathroom, and she's like, no, wear it down. Mm -hmm. That is a game-changing moment, because Mm -hmm. if that hadn't have happened... I mean, sad that all of those people had to die, or did die, at that mm-hmm. time. But that is the moment that kicked it all off. That is the moment when I was like, I am invested yes. in this young assassin mm-hmm. and this, you know, very attractive Glorious curly-haired woman. woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. That was when I was like, amazing. Amazing. So, yes. 
I have to throw that one in there because it's the first one that kicks them all off, really. Okay, what was your number two? So I only have one left. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, I forgot we're out of we're a bit out of order. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um. Look, I can't have anything else in my number one. Okay. Or my my final. You know, I I just this this has stayed on the list. Meetings have biscuits. Smell me, Eve. I I just look. Listen. All right. Smell me, Eve. What do I smell of to you? It is so... I have gone silent, okay? <laughs> I can't. There are just no words for the smell okay? of this scene I want, that happened. Yes. Want it tattooed on my forehead. Want it tattooed on my arm. On my butt. On my, on my foot. I don't care. I just want it tattooed everywhere. It is a... It is... It just... And I think also because, again, it's one of those moments, and this is why it's a game-changing moment, because it's when, you know, they reunite after quite a while, obviously. It's the first time they see each other after all the shit that's gone down. And, you know, let me try to do the accent. But it's, she didn't do it in this Russian accent. She didn't do a British accent. She was like, I want to smell like a Roman centurion who's coming across an old foe. Since then, the Roman centurion has become and it's now powerful beyond measure, right? And it is just... <laughs> <laughs> that, can I just say, you need to be hired as a voice no. actor for Villanelle. No, it was great. <laughs> no. Anyway, anyway, so that happened. And, you know, I never... Here's a problem, right? Like, people would think about that, that bus scene. They're like, the kiss, the kiss, right? And I'm like, yes, the kiss, the kiss is great. All of that is great. But, like, I just can't because I remember when I was sitting down and I was watching that episode and all the build up and all the thing and just the fact that she bought this perfume to set to, to make herself look like she was this like Roman emperor and she bought the teddy bear and the teddy bear's like admit it if <laughs> you wish I was, you wish here. I was here admit it if you wish I was here and it was just repeating over and over again and it's just like oh, this whole stop. thing is just like it was in her room and it was just everything was just insane so I was like yes the kiss everything the set the music oh Unloved had this song that was over it and it was like oh I can't remember how it went I won't sing it because of copyright infringements but it was it is just I will talk about it to the end of time yes I agree. Very good and very on the nose song choice yes, for that yes. moment. Um, my next moment, and can we talk about season three without mentioning this midway episode? Are you from Pinner? Season three, episode mm. five. Mother Russia. Villanelle goes to Russia, and the scene in question of is of course needs no introduction it's the one where she has an honest discussion with her mother you know it's been building up and building up like she has you know she's gone to the to the fair she's seen how her younger brother uh her younger stepbrother has been impacted by her mother and she realizes that she has to put a stop to it and you know that the discussion and then the line that is I think I have to kill you, Mama, Mm -hmm. is like, when I saw that, I was just blown Mm -hmm. away. And it was, you know, 
every time I watch that scene, I'm just completely taken with it. You know, the whole thing from start to finish, you know, she tells her mother, I want to feel like a child. Please, can you wipe my face so I can feel like a child? And you just realize that she never had Mm. that. And all she wants is her mother to admit that she is her mother's child Mm. and that she is the way she is because of her mother. And I just loved that. Um, just the layers and layers of the subtext there Mm. Um, you know it's one of those things where it's like this was an episode that was empty of Eve and I really missed her but I do think it was necessary to learn the backstory of Villanelle though I know some people don't feel the same way yeah yeah and we've spoken about it at length before where it's like you know, are those moments of, of getting an insight into Villanelle's character a benefit or a detriment to the future of the show? And yeah. I I don't know. I still don't know. I will say, though, that um, this episode was really... It felt very gutsy, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate the, the guts that they took. And it also... I don't really feel like um, a lot of shows that are like this um, heavily lean into, like, uh, they they may lean into, like, parental abuse, but not always, like, motherly abuse. And I just really appreciated that. I thought it was very um, apt. I thought it was very true to, th- to that. And I think that, you know, I mean, you even sent me a video of it the other day with Villanelle sitting on the bus or the train or whatever it was and crying um, while she was listening to her headphones and like trying to drown out the conflicting feelings that she had and the trauma and all of that. And it's just one of those moments and it's a hundred percent a moment that has, that is pivotal to killing Eve um, in understanding the Villanelle. Um, so while I have my conflicting thoughts about whether it's like necessary for the story in terms of like, where we're going um i'm very grateful for the episode and grateful for the moment you know yeah because you know it's a solid point like we can't go back from that can we like no villanelle uh, from that episode onwards starts to realize well that she clearly doesn't want to be a part of it anymore like you can see in subsequent episodes where another scene that i was going to mention was the one um, where she gets injured. She mm-hmm. is taking out a kill on a man in a hairdressing studio and he manages to stab her slightly in yes. her arm. And yes. so she ends up back in the bathroom and Dasha's, like, stitching her up and she's really, like, she's sobbing and she's like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's... I, I mean, I'm happy with the way that's turning but does it make sense in her character that you know she you really saw her in season one and two really enjoying the kills like what has changed Mm. except for the fact that now she you know has been to been home and now she knows that she has a family and you know she got to see her mother and and see the abuse of, of her mother and yeah, yeah. Decided like, how to do you? Anyway. How do you make her 
how do you give her that reveal and then not soften an audience to her and it's not like audiences weren't soft to her before it's just she was a bit of like uh, this you know ambiguous like um mysterious character where it was like you just never really knew what you were gonna get like you kind of did but you also kind of didn't and that's what makes villanelle villanelle um yeah she had no agency she just did what she want yeah she answered to whoever she wants, and now, yeah, I guess we see that coming undone a bit. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I did want to give a special mention to that moment on the train. Yes. Where yes. Um, she's got her headphones on, and it's so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Jodie Comer is incredible. She's just so good in this role. Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant performance. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have any more moments that you want to um, call out? I have no other moments. I wanted to mention um, the scene in episode five, season one, mm-hmm. where it's the first time really that they're in a room together and mm-hmm. Villanelle breaks in and Eva's wearing the dress that Villanelle <laughs> packed for her from Germany. And this Bill has just died. This is high stakes moment. This is yeah. like scary yeah. for Eve. And they have a tussle, obviously, but then they come downstairs and Villanelle is like, I'd like some dinner, please, very politely. And Eve's like a drowned rat, shivering. <laughs> She's like, I have some shepherd's pie. Villanelle's like, perfect. <laughs> oh, we love, we love, I want the recipe to shepherd's pie as well. Callback oh, yes. in season two. But yeah, look, there yes, is there is very few things. How how does the 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 moment where Eve is up against the fridge at knife point, and and Villanelle takes the phone and Villanelle asks what passcode is and it's one, <laughs> yeah, two, three, four, <laughs> and it's just like come on. And, but and in the meantime, you can hear Nico come home. Yes. And then Villanelle instantly switches into this British personality where she's like, thank you so much for dinner. It was amazing. <laughs> brilliant. Do you know, brilliant. Do you know, I, 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 I always love that moment to me is, um, I just, I remember when I first watched the show, when I was binging it, and even though I had watched episodes one to five in like one day, I was dying for them to be in a room together and I wanted them in a room together ASAP and I just think they waited the perfect amount of time. And there are, there yeah. are so many shows that do the cat and mouse thing um, that don't always get that balance right where it's like you you wait too long or you put them together too early and it's like I think Killing Eve for the most part have mastered the whole like push and pull away uh, element of the show because you never really feel like when they are together that it's like anything but electric anything but exciting anything but you know what you've been waiting for the whole time and you know I suppose this is a good jumping point talking about the transition between season three and season four do you feel like uh the show has given you enough to go into season four feeling confident or do you feel do you feel confident based on what we know, based on the writers, based on all of that? Or is it a bit of a, like a mixed feeling situation at the moment, considering what we have seen, trailers, promo, whatever else? Yes. 
I think it's multi-layered because um, on one hand, yes, like the head writer for season four is Laura Neal, who wrote some of those key, some of these moments that we've just talked about. And I don't know if that's happened in a previous season where one writer has been part of a team of writers and then in the next season has become the head writer. I don't know if that's happened yet. So while I am, I love the fact that Killing Eve takes risks and Mm -hmm. they give opportunities to female writers, which is amazing. So every single season there's a different writer, different female writer. It's amazing. However, it does mean that one person's vision obviously differs from the next person's. So that's why, I mean, season three's biggest criticism is that it does feel different to the previous two seasons. And I think that's fair. I do like season three as a whole. And I think that from where the characters started to where they end up makes sense to me. And so I feel like if Suzanne Heathcote think that's her name was is was writing season four then i would probably feel pretty confident that that story would continue mm-hmm. but we have a new writer so yeah. i don't know i i feel like i feel confident about it and then i saw the trailer and my like my hopes were kind of brought back down a little bit because yeah you know you and i obviously of course have been burned by another show <laughs> which we will not name which shall not be named Shall yes. not be named, but it rhymes. All that with happened is they. Oh, it rhymes with train of train phones. of phones. <laughs> train of phones. Train and there's a character phones. by the name of that rhymes with Rhaenerys. <laughs> Rhaenerys. Well, there is a Rhaenerys actually in the Game of Thrones universe. Is there? Oh my god. Well, yeah, I think it's like one of her distant cousins, aunties, something. Oh, um, I've literally like blocked that whole series out of my head. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just, you have yeah. to, you know. Anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I love Killing Eve and I think that it has, you know, it's it's ebbed and it's flowed over all its seasons, mm-hmm. but overall it's been quite strong. Yeah. You know, criticisms about season three, whatever. But yeah. I do feel like because I love the show and I want it to have a good legacy, I want it to have a good ending. So... I have hope. I am the eternal optimist, but, you know, I I think I, we have to be realistic as well as fans that it might not go the way we want. Yeah, and I think I think it's it's good to have those realistic um that really realistic mindset in place because I think that I can't see and I think you said Sandra or you even said it in the interview. Um happy endings just don't feel like it's on the cards like you know and I don't know what people would consider a happy ending I know for me and you and I have both said this multiple times you know in other conversations I have no idea how I want it to end and I don't know how I how I want even Villanelle to end and I think that is putting me in a almost nervous position that I have no idea how this team of writers is going to get that right because I'm thinking of every scenario you know obviously I'm not a, a writer for TV or anything and I, I don't know and I, 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 I I'm not capable of that but like I feel like when I look at um, when I look at what they have done I do have hope in in them creating something brilliant for the final season but I also feel like 
I can't help but worry because I, I can't figure it out. It feels like an equation that is like impossible to, to kind of, you know, and it's like, you know, I think of worst case scenarios and really the only worst case scenario that I can think of that I personally wouldn't like would be if they both just died. Cause then I'm like, you know, unless it really made sense why that needed to happen, you know, but then I'm kind of like, is that, like, is there another alternative here? Because you can't really keep them together and you can't really keep them apart. Like, yeah, you know. And that's the thing. Is that a writing? Like, have they written themselves into that corner? Or do you think it was... Do you think where they are now, so from all across all the seasons, do you think mm-hmm. that is the most organic place that they could have been in? Or do you I, feel like they have written themselves in a corner? I like to believe that they have had an ending in mind this whole time. And I like to believe that season three in the penultimate season has been used as a springboard for the finale. And I like to believe that it is like, you know, yeah, shows like Dickinson, which like didn't have the greatest season two, but did all that it could to set up the finale and the finale was brilliant. Um, or the final season. So I would hope that Killing Eve is the same. And I, I hold on to that hope. And, um, you know, I'm going into it with, you know, fairly positive thoughts and like trusting in the writing process and trusting in these writers who have always delivered some really excellent uh, TV, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, keeping my expectations realistic and knowing that it may not be perfect and there may be people that are frustrated with the ending, but you know, we got to just see how it goes really. Like that's all we can do. And I'm hoping though that, the first few episodes that they that they're dropping because they're dropping episode one and two, you said in in a week and a half. Yeah, right? two episodes. Yeah, oh, a week and a bit anyway. Um, that we get an indication of what the season's going to feel like, look like, get some direction to kind of be like, okay, that might settle some nerves, but we'll see. And we're going to be doing this podcast uh, weekly ish. Um, yes. After each episode, and analysis. I was to say analysizing. <laughs> It's late. It's it's late. It's literally eleven p.m. I'm sorry. And now, and we we will be giving analysis on these episodes and our personal thoughts and reactions and um, yeah. And I guess we'll just we'll see for for all you three listeners out there. Um, you will get to listen to our fantastic thoughts about the episode. But yeah, uh, it's just you know, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Me too. That's a good way to put it. Um, your last thoughts. What are your opinions on the 12? I want to know what the 12, who the 12 are. <laughs> Do you, Francis? <laughs> Do I care about the 12s? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I think you know my answer. I don't give a shit about the 12. Um... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I have never cared about the 12. This whole thing. Has never mattered to me. I'm gonna be real. I I do care about Kenny's death, um, because it's Kenny, and I did like him as character. But you know, the twelve to me is like the most sub of subplots, um, in the whole thing. It is just not intrinsic. The only way I'm gonna care about the twelve in season four is if it is intrinsically tied to Vive and Villan Vive <laughs> to Eve, Eve and Villanelle and they. <laughs> And they need to be at the helm of that search. And if they are not, and if it's like, you know, I love Carolyn for what she is. She is funny as hell. I love 
I love her, you know, Geraldine, do that thing when you close your eyes and breathe line. You know, I love, I love the, the tip for tat. I love it all, right? Here's the deal though. I, I don't want to see a whole season of the 12 Constantine and Carolyn running around while Eve and Villanelle are like elsewhere. We, we need, we need Eve and Villanelle at the center, front and center as often as possible, as far as I'm concerned. And um, yeah, I guess we'll see if that happens. What about you, Alyssa? What do you think? Yes. Well, I mean, I would like Kenny's death explained because I wasn't very impressed with, um, first of all, the, the forgotten, hidden camera that got remembered in the season finale and Carolyn didn't even discover does discover that it was just someone remembered bear remembered that he had set off a secret camera and in that camera he had seen that Constantine was on the scene and it was very dramatic however when Constantine was held at gunpoint he just said oh I was trying to scare Kenny off from figuring out what 12 is and he fell off the edge yeah. all innocently and I just think that is bullshit but mm-hmm. we will never I don't think they'll ever go there again I think they should have you know come up they with might. a better I mean it's totally possible yeah. but like it's just it, at this point I'm like I'm so interested in how the villain Eve story plays out that definitely really anything could happen with the twelve that i mean look no i don't want it to be like completely dead and buried and be like oh you know just okay forget about it now i do want there to be like it to be tied up but you know my quote is i don't give a shit about the 12 yeah that we can we can put that on the record um, we can we can and, tattoo and, that on and my i guess forehead. we needed to mention the most game changing moment of all which was of course the bridge scene and that is where we are at now Yes. The bridge scene was the final scene of season three. Mm. They turned to look at each other, even though they were going to walk away. So they now have to continue me, that momentum. Yeah. Yes. And you've told me before, well, very recently, <laughs> that you believe that Eve, no, that Villanelle did not know that Eve was going to turn around. Yes. Elaborate. Elaborate. (laughs) Yes, I I don't think she thought Eve was going to turn around. I think she turned around because she couldn't help herself. Mm. Because Millenelle is always the one that will... She's Eve's bitch, right? (laughs) (laughs) There are so many scenes, especially in season two, where Eve is like telling her what's what and Millenelle is just like going along with it. Because she's into Eve. And I do, yeah, and I do think that, you know, Eve is the one who is always, you know, she's always, I guess, I think Villanelle thought that Eve would keep walking because she's always done that before. She's gone back Mm. to Nico, like, she's thrown herself into her work, like, she's never chosen Villanelle. And I think Mm. that was why it was so nice that Eve turned first because that was her Mm. consciously choosing Villanelle and so that is I I too feel the same hope that you do I'm cautiously optimistic Mm. for that very reason I think if we hadn't had that scene if we hadn't had the dance scene oh it would have been different ladies (laughs) yeah everyone must get on the dance floor (laughs) like it just it was like 
Can I just the ballroom scene to me was just it was so needed, and the bridge scene. I think that they for a season where I'm sure like a lot of people who love the Villeneuve dynamic, um, probably felt a bit slighted, a little bit like it just wasn't enough. They really did give some really special moments at the end. And obviously, you know, you're left conflicted at the end of season one and season two. Season two especially with, um, with you know, Eve, uh, Villanelle doing the whole your mind thing and Eve walking away. It was a very like, ugh, type of ending. Um, and then and that get... is character growth, right? Yeah. Like Villanelle yeah. saying, let's walk away from each other, mm-hmm. comparing it to yeah. the f- final of season two. Man, yeah. growth. Oh, we love to see it. Um, we do. We love to see yeah. it. Yeah. But it's, you know, we, I, I think we are left in, a, in an interesting place and in a place where I do feel excited because I'm interested by the possibilities. Um, but yeah, I think the right term is, yes, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But... But I think we have a lot to look forward to. And also, we have a lot to look forward to in this podcast and yes. the episodes to come. Yes, and, and we it's now 11.07pm, so yes, our, our time limit was 11pm, so we probably should... Should wrap it up. Wrap but... it up. But thank you to our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe if we're lucky, there's four. But, you know, I just... I want to thank, yeah, the four of you, the three of you that have joined us and have gotten this far (laughs) and sat through our ramblings, rumblings, ramblings, ramblings. Thank you for being here. Alyssa, do you have any final thoughts, final, final words? No, no final words. Say goodbye. No final words. Um, I would like to leave on the quote from Villanelle. Smell me, Eve. <laughs> Smell you later. <laughs> no, I change it. Smell you later. Smell you later. Smell you later. Toodaloo. Goodbye. We'll see you at the next thing. On the next potty. On the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. House of Palastri. House of Palastri. House of Palastri. <laughs>